This episode is sponsored by Linode. Do you need a Linux server for your latest creation? Then check them out. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit per second network connections, Intel E5 processors, and top of the line hardware to run your servers on. It deploys Linux in seconds from a Linode cloud and you can choose your Linux distribution and node location right from the manager. They have locations in Asia, North America, and Europe and a sweet set of tools to make it easy to manage it. If the web interface isn't your thing, they also have an API and a command line. They also provide two-factor authentication, IPv6, DNS manager, plumbing, scaling, and everything else you would want. So get the most out of your Linux node by checking them out at linode.com or devchat.tv slash linode. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of React Native Radio. I'm your host, Nader Dabit. Today on our panel, we have Gant Laborde. Welcome, friends. Peter Pykarczyk. Good morning, everybody. And today our special guest is Florian Rival calling in from uh, Paris, France. Welcome to the show, Florian. Hi, everyone. So today our topic is going to be about building native modules with React Native. I believe we've maybe talked about this you know, one or two times briefly. Uh, we may have even covered it a while back, but it's definitely been a while. And I think it's a really you know, important part of the React Native ecosystem and being a React Native developer. So we're going to dive pretty deep into it today with Florian. So Florian, before we kind of get into the topic, can you give us a, a brief introduction of uh, what you do and kind of uh, where you work right now? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, I'm a software developer. I'm working right now in, uh, in Paris. We are a dev shop specialized in creating React Native application. Uh, so it's called BAME. And uh, yeah, we are about uh, 40, 40 people right now. So since we've started working with React Native, I've been creating a, a few native modules uh, when it was necessary. And so that's why I'm quite interested in this topic. And um, apart from, from this, uh, I'm also the author of, um, of a software uh, that allows anyone to create video games. And it's cross-platform, and it's both native and built on native technologies and on JavaScript. So again, I'm really um, the, the kind of guy who is interested in doing cross-platform applications. So I guess the first question that we can kind of jump into is like, what is exactly a native module and like, how would you kind of describe that uh, in terms of uh, in the React Native ecosystem? Yeah, sure. So the thing is that when you take a React Native application, you have a, a skeleton of, uh, of your app that is composed of the JavaScript source code. And the rest is, uh, you can see it in the Android and iOS folders. Uh, these are the native apps containing the reg native code source code and the source code of all the native dependencies and libraries that you're using. So um, you can see it by yourself by just opening Xcode or Android Studio. And from time to time, you can have a use case where you have to, to launch a native, um, a native feature like camera or anything that could be uh, related to the capacity, to, to the features of uh, your device. So in this case, most of the time, you can already use native modules that are uh, available in React Native. Uh, but that's not always the case. And for example, there is, if you want to, to resize images, uh, to send them, for example, on a server after taking a photo, uh, there is no way to do it using React Native only. So we created at BAME, um, a module to resize the images directly on your phone before uploading them to, to a server. Um, so that's that's the use case for creating a native module. 
And um, in this case, you have to dig a bit into the native programming by doing either either Objective-C for, for iOS or Java for Android. And the thing is, it's quite easy, but we can talk a bit later about how to create you know, these, uh, these native packages. So when you use a uh, native module with React Native, is that something that every React Native app just kind of bundles in the same way? Do you have to worry about when React Native releases a new version to upgrade your native code? Or most of the time, does that all just work together? Most of the time, there are no breaking changes, but it can happen. And in fact, a few months ago, there was a changes. There was a few changes in the way you import, you include uh, files headers from uh, the Objective-C um, part of React Native. So in this case, you had to, to update your, your native code, but it's quite stable. Uh, I mean, uh, since we started creating the native module for the image resizer, uh, we made a bunch of fixes, uh, like maybe five or six, to adapt to the new um, the new version of React Native, and we started it like two years ago. So I would describe it as pretty pretty stable, um, but you just have to be sure every time you're upgrading upgrading React Native to be sure that there was no breaking changes, or if it's the case, to adapt your code. And um, a nice thing is that creating a native module is something that is quite nice, but you're not forced to do it uh, at first, when you want to dig a bit into native, you can just uh, follow the documentation for React Native and start writing native code directly in your application without bothering creating a, a package. Um, so that would be my first advice for anyone who wants to create or to access to a native feature. You know, ah, cool. Hey, Ken, I've got one more. Do you mind if I just sneak it in here? Have at it, man. Oh, cool. Uh, so. The one thing that always like kind of was complex for me was deciding whether I want to keep like my pod files within the native project or just like creating like a pod file uh, file and then like pulling in for everybody. And your expertise, what do you what do you recommend? Uh, I think that the best practice is to, is to version and to commit every every pod associated with uh, your application. Uh, so we are doing so when we are creating our, our application and committing everything. But um, I guess that uh, if, you, if you think that the pods that you are using are quite stable, you just can keep a pod file and don't commit everything. Um, yeah, that's up to you, I guess. You know, um, one of the most interesting things is seeing how um, how people react to when changes come down. I think it was 47 or something like that, where you had to update um, Android dependencies for native um, and or, you know, every so often something comes down the chain. Do you have uh, what kind of system do you have in place for detecting if a break is coming in from Facebook? Do you have... Uh, any kind of CI, a build off of Facebook's master, or uh, what most people I see do is wait until somebody files an issue and then just go ahead and <laughs> figure out what went wrong and fix it by then. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the main pain point I uh, I think from for open sources maintainers for native modules 
And um, that's a bit the way I'm working right now um, because I've, I mean, um, sometimes I can, I am aware of the changes that are coming because uh, I'm just following um, guys on Twitter who are releasing the new version of React Native or just reading the new working changes. But sometimes I get new pull requests um, to fix the compatibility with latest version. So in 47, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there was a change in um, some Android method is not required anymore. Uh, so you have to, to remove an override annotation to make sure that it's compiling. Um, so I think that there is no, no good uh, way of doing um, this, uh, this checks before a, a React Native version is released. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a pain point, and I guess that we could improve it by having some kind of channel or maybe just um, a gist that is updated with the, the upgrade uh, to do in your native module every time a new version is coming or that could be announced maybe one month uh, before a new version. Um, I don't have a good solution for now. Well, if you ever do find a good solution, please share it because <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I think I everybody do. suffers the same exact part with the native modules. And I think, uh, you know, it, it's something that we all have to figure out together. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. And uh, I think that we already figured out how to improve the way we are doing a native upgrade for applications. And now it's time for native module to see how we can avoid having, you know, in your readme. Um, different parts for every every version of React Native, and, uh, so yeah, it's it's hard to keep the compatibility. Uh, I hope that now that React Native is released every month, we will be able to to see how to to improve this. So, when you're first starting to write a library, do you think somebody needs a lot of Objective C and Java experience, or is it something that you can pick up pretty quickly? Um, I guess that the, the good side of working with React Native is that you don't have to you don't have to to be a native mobile developer before starting creating a real real application, and you can pick uh, you can get your, you can improve your skills by working on native libraries and you, on native code um, during during the the time you're creating your application. So I, I guess you, yeah, you can really improve your level in native um, by, by just working on something that you need and I, I would recommend to check the source code of a few reg native modules to see how it's done and if there is a, any good practice to, to follow I guess that it's pretty easy to get started with a real simple real simple functions just expose, um, for example, if you have to integrate a SDK, a third-party SDK, or I don't know, doing analytics or try user tracking. And um, in this case, these SDKs are most of the time pretty simple. You just have a few functions to, to launch at the beginning of the application or when the user is doing an action. So in this case, um, I would recommend just following the regulative documentation about native module and start by exposing a few functions that's quite simple and you don't need um, advanced uh, knowledge about Objective-C or Java. And then you can, you can improve and see how you can expose uh, more than a few functions. Um, but uh, I mean, 
learning Objective C from zero to, to to being an expert is not required at all. Now, React Native has been around for some time. Are there modules that you believe are still sort of missing in the ecosystem? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, concerning, um, is it still a need to create new native models? Um, I think that most of the native features that uh, you want to access uh, are now available either directly in React Native or using um, existing native models, but you still can have to, to use um, a bit of native programming if you want to access to um, for example, a third-party SDK for analytics or user tracking, and in this case, um, you can you can have to, to create your own native models. And for example, uh, there is a, a push notification service called Batch.com. It's a bit like one signal, and in this case, there aren't any reg native module created for it. So um, what we've done uh, a few days ago. Uh, a fellow coworker um, of mine has been creating a native module to access to the push integrations from this service, and it's now it's now available, so you can use it. But it's still not complete, and we still need people to to help us to create native modules for these third-party SDKs. And another thing is that um, I think that it would be great if we have um, a solution or maybe a, a tooling or some something to help native developers to create React Native bindings from the very beginning. And for example, Airbnb has been doing this for their Loti um, animation library. So it's available on iOS and Android, and they created React Native bindings from, the, from day zero. So that's really, really nice, and that's because they are using React Native. But maybe we can, we can help iOS or Android developers to create React Native bindings. Um, and in this case, React Native will be a first-class citizen for any developers on mobile phones. So that would be really great. So what are some things that uh, you look forward to in like the native module space? So as I said, I think that um, a way to, to use the binding of existing library will be really great to, to allow more native to allow more um, native library to be ported to React Native. And there are things existing for, for example, for Node.js, it's called uh, Nbind, and it takes your native library written in C++ and allows you to create uh, the bindings for Node.js and also for JavaScript using mscripton or and even for WebAssembly. So um, I guess we could have something that is uh, that you can drop into your native library and that you can use to expose it to React Native. And so that, that, that would help to make React Native even better for doing any kind of ap application without worrying if you can use a specific feature or not. Um, and yeah, I, I wish there was, there was a way to know about new working changes for native modules in a new React Native versions. But as discussed, for now, I don't have a good solution. And um, I, there, there are still a few um, a few innovation in this uh, in this field. Uh, I mean, uh, yesterday I've seen a tweet uh, from Leland Richardson, who is working at Airbnb, uh, about something that he is making that automatically that creates it's a prototype, but 
um, it creates um, a React Native Swift and Java uh, native module from a TypeScript interface. And uh, uh, that's the kind of tooling I was uh, talking about, um, using this, this tool to, to ease the process. I think we can, we can have um, quality native modules that are created uh, easier and easily and quicker than that's what we are doing now. And yeah, I really look forward to this kind of new tooling. You know, that actually uh, brings up something interesting. That's using TypeScript. And uh, it's really fun to hear Leland Richardson in a French accent, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, probably you pronounce it correctly. Uh, I was wondering, what do you use at uh, BAM? Uh, is it TypeScript, Reason, Flow? Like, what, what exactly is, is sort of your... Or, or just uh, live free <laughs> with, with like sort of the type specifications to make sure that you have you have uh, no you're not shipping a breaking product. We are using Flow. We are by the way trying to to see um, how we can uh, we can have uh, we can have Flow at a good at the good coverage for all of our apps, and that's not so easy. But I think we are getting better at it now, and so we do have a, a generator to bootstrap our applications. And it's part of this generator, so it's really uh, there is no cost for us now to, to create an application with Flow, and um, and it's still uh, it's still a lot of work for new developers to get you know to get used to to Flow typing. Um, I guess that um, by by helping and and maybe contributing to the documentation of Flow, we can we can help. Uh, new developers to to get used to to flow, and we've not tried TypeScript, so um, uh, no idea about it. But uh, maybe I'm not not sure how, how it's working with React Native. But uh, if it can help to have a good type coverage, uh, it would allow to yeah to reduce bugs in our application. And because you know um, when when you're when you're coming back from a, a native background and you have to work with JavaScript and having, uh, you know, errors due to a few silly mistakes that could have been coached, catched by um, a type safety system, it's a bit a pity. So let's see how Flow can can be used uh, in our application. And um, I think that the type inference could even be um, better because um, as we have been using Flow for a while. Um, we've discovered that um, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of work to to do to have a good coverage. So maybe uh, maybe in a few times uh, the t the type inference could be will be improved. And in this case, there will be less typing to do to get your type right. And um, well, um, but that's something that is a bit related to native modules because on the way on the on the side you have JavaScript. Which is um, um, which does not have a, a lot of tip safety, and on the other part, you have native programming language that are um, that are strongly typed. So um, I think that we can and we'll see how the programming language are evolved, uh, evolving. Sorry, and maybe we can have a good um, a good balance between type safety that is too strong on the native part, and that sometimes is uh, slowing you down, and on the other side, to have still a tip safety 
um, programming, la programming language that is um, that allow you to to create your application with zero runtime bugs. And I've not tried uh, languages like um, Helm, which is our reason. But uh, I look forward to. But for now, it's too much of a big step to do to to convert everything that we have, or even to 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 convert our own developers to this new language. But we'll see now that Reason Free is available. Yeah, it's a good call. I think that JavaScript, for some reason or another, just lends itself towards type mistakes mm. <laughs> over and over again. Can't figure out why, but it's good that there's so many solutions out there. And, and you know, Flow, I feel like uh, Flow and TypeScript, you know, it's really nice because it, it doesn't have as big of a learning curve on their, uh, uh, unless you're crazy like Peter here, who's ready to jump in with Reason, both feet. <laughs> I love Reason. So, like, if someone wants to build a native module, like, what would be the easiest direction for them to kind of go? Would they, would it be to to download an existing module or look at an existing module to get some idea of the boilerplate, or would it be to use a generator? I know you mentioned that Airbnb is is coming out with something soon, or the people from there are. And I saw that tweet too; that looked pretty interesting. But um, yeah, I guess if someone wants to kind of just uh, you know learn and start getting their feet wet here, because it's definitely an important part of being a React Native developer, I guess it would I would say it's like the next step to becoming like you know an expert. I guess you would say. So, what would be the best direction for them to go? Mm, um, I guess the first step is to to read, in fact, the documentation from React Native, and there is a there is a page about React Native modules for Android and for iOS. And it's pretty well explained um, in my talk about native modules that there, there was a slide just telling to read the documentation because it's quite well explained. And um, I think that the second step is just to open Xcode and Android Studio and to browse a bit to see how the, the bootstrapping is done and to see that it's not so complicated, in fact. And then if you want to create a library, um, there are a few um, a few command line tools that allow you to create native module from scratch. In fact, uh, we made the one at BAME, but it was maybe a few months or maybe one year ago, so it's not up to date. But there are others like Reg Native Create Library, and the other one is Reg Native Create Bridge. Uh, I'm not sure which one is the no the most up to date. Both are fine, and uh, one is even allowing you to create library in, in Swift and Kotlin. Kotlin, uh, I've never tried, but it looks very nice. You know, it's an alternative to Java. Um, so, um, yeah, I would recommend to start by adding uh, what you need directly in your application because uh, that's the, the easiest to get started, and this way you can really create value for your customer before doing any open source uh, work. And then you can use one of the um, command line tools to bootstrap an empty native module, and then just copy past and port uh, what you've done in your application to a, to a native module. And then you can just throw up everything you've done in your, in your application and replace it but by your, your module. So yeah, most of the time when you create a native library, you've already experimented it in your own application. And the difference is that when you make a module, you have to install it in your application. And then to yes to just put it on npm and tell the community about it. Yeah, we actually one of our uh, one of the speakers who was hanging out uh, at React Native EU. Uh, I call him Frostney all the time simply because his real name is Johannes or Johannes, mm -hmm. 
and I, I am terrible at saying his real name. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he's the one who created React Native Create Library, and uh, that's a, that I've used that one before. It, it's really, really good. I believe it even supports Windows, but the the version of Windows it uses. So, if you if you were going to create iOS, Android, and Windows, I think the Windows one needs to be updated a little bit. But it's a great kickoff point. Yes, yeah, yes, that's Johannes Stein, and uh, yeah, he's a kind of fun guy too. So if you see him, uh, tell him hello for for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I'll call him Frostney because I'll still mess up his name. <laughs> yeah, that was easier too. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of really good um, stuff that comes out of your company, and I I don't think enough people know that. Um, I've read several of the articles. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So um, at BAME, uh, what we're doing is, as I said, we are developing uh, React Native application for our clients. And um, we are also trying to contribute to the community by either creating native models, uh, for example, React Native Image Resizer, or doing um, doing command line tools. For example, we have a generator to bootstrap an application. And uh, we are also trying to... Um, to talk at conferences or to have, uh, we, are, we, we have a blog uh, with a lot of articles about React Native. And the thing is that um, at our company, um, our idea is that every time we have a problem, we try to solve it first um, for our project and then to see how we can act to make sure that this problem is not happening again. Um, that's part of uh, our agile and lean methodology to create successful products. And um, in, this, uh, in this methodology, we are trying to create as much content as possible to, to contribute to the community and to, yeah, to have high quality content on our blog about, well, every, everything that can be related to React Native, from adding icons to your application to installing native module. So it really depends, but I would recommend going on our uh, website it's uh, bame.tech, and um, you can see that we have quite a few uh, blog articles, and um, you can also go on our GitHub, github.com slash bamelab, B-A-M-L-A-B. We open source stuff that we are doing the best that we can. Very cool. I'm checking it out right now. It looks like you all have quite a bit of, uh, of open source stuff there. Yes, and I think the generator is getting now more stars than Ring Native Image Resizer. Oh, yeah. That's not me that is maintaining the, the, the generator for bootstrapping application. So, well, just wait for a few days. I will be back in the first, uh, the first place. And, um, we do have also, um, something that is, uh, you know, a, a Ring Native component to have a, a header on the top of a page. And then when you scroll down, the header is, you know, uh, getting, uh, getting uh, tinier. And uh, we used it in an application, which is uh, an hybrid application with native pages and direct native pages. And the thing is that um, there was already this kind of uh, dynamic header in, uh, in the native application. And the result uh, with the new direct native header is even better than what we had before. 
So the thing is that if you are doing um, a component like this, which is properly done, uh, you can have a result that is even be better than uh, what uh, what you can do using native uh, using native components. So that's quite nice, and it's called yeah, React Native Image Header Scroll View. Okay, great. Um, all right, I think with that we'll go ahead and get to the picks. Peter, do you have any picks? Um, it's a pick and an announcement. Uh, so, like moving forward, all the modules that Orchard will be releasing, um, including some of our old, older, easier ones, are going to be written in Reason Three. Uh, that includes like the React Native Face Pile, the Name List, uh, potentially even the EXP Deploy CLI that I wrote. Um, but we'll see. So, I just wanted to uh, kind of publicize that now that we're jumping in ahead first. Awesome. Again, any picks? Absolutely. Uh, today, I am releasing a library called Solidarity. Um, you can find it on GitHub, infant red slash Solidarity. If by the time this podcast comes out, you haven't already seen this, I didn't do a good job. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, none of the other people here did a good job in helping promote it. There, I'm putting it on you, Natter and Peter. Uh, <laughs> so um, it, it, it's really simple. It's basically um, in React Native or in these complex tool chains, we get the works on my machine kind of issue. And then um, when you're working with a team or a client, it tends to get a little bit more mucky and complicated. So um, it's been years now working with the same problem. I uh, decided with a couple of team members, it's time we finally figure out a way to stop it. And that's what this does. So you can add it to your project for no cost and then help you kind of check your environment against others pretty easily. Uh, so it's called Solidarity. That's the NPM module. And it's up on GitHub, 100% open source. Um, if you haven't seen it yet and you're hearing this podcast, go check it out. All right. Uh, Florian, do you have any picks? I would say that uh, first, if you want to create a, a regulative application and that you're, you're based in Paris, just give us a call, of course. And um, other, apart from regulative, I'm also working on uh, GDevelop. It's an open source uh, game creator. And so you can check it out. It's, uh, it's open source. It's, uh, it's on GitHub. And uh, yeah, it's called GDevelop. It's made in React.js. And um, it's uh, creating games that are um, fully HTML5 compatible, and you can run it on mobile. And yeah, um, so if you're interested in creating games without programming, because it's based on uh, visual programming, uh, just give it a try. That animated GIF is amazing, by the way. And take a look at GDevelop. Looks really good. Yeah, the the current version is. Um, was built using uh, native technologies. So it's available for uh, Windows, uh, Linux, and Mac OS. And right now, I'm porting it to React so that um, you can access it as a web application. And in fact, uh, it's uh, it's a version 5 of GDevelop, and it's already available. So uh, if you browse the website, you can see that there is a Try It Online uh, button. So um, what I've done is that the native application that is existing, I've it's written in C++ um, because I've started it years ago. And um, and what I've done is to use mscripten to cross-compile the... Um, so GDevelop 
being um, so GDevelop is a, a game creator that is uh, that is a native application, but I'm porting it to a web application using a React. And what I've done is that I've cross compiled the core um, C++ classes from uh, the native application uh, to JavaScript using Mscripten. So you can you can go on the website of GDevelop and try the online version. And in fact, it's uh, running the same the same code base as the native application. So your 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 game can be run directly uh, from the web app, and you can create game without programming, as it's the goal of the, of the software, uh, directly from the web app. So yeah, give, give it a try. All right. So um, I guess my picks are, the first one is an article. I think it's about a month and a half or two months old. It's called How We Built Our React Native App. And it's written by Siddharth Jain, I believe is his name. Um, and it's a really good, comprehensive, end-to-end kind of checklist almost of kind of things you might use in a real-world React Native app. And I think the most um, value that I've gotten from it and that other people have is uh, kind of the part that goes over the the testing, the deployment, and things like that using Fastlane and Jenkins and, and Jest. And and I think uh, they do a pretty good, uh, good job of talking about all this stuff. Um, and this seems to be like one of the most um, requested pieces of information, I guess, when I'm working with companies that they kind of haven't been able to find. But overall, I think in, in just in general, it's just a really good article. Uh, my, my other pick is going to be uh, React Native Training. We're doing a lot of uh, boot camps uh, 2018. We've released uh, Denver, San Francisco, and New York for the first few months. So um, if you're looking for a boot camp to attend, or if you know anyone that is, I'd appreciate you uh, checking us out. Um, if your company uh, needs any training, we also do that on-site training as well. All right, Florian, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule and uh, joining us all the way from Paris. Thank you for having me. All right, well, that wraps up episode 80 of React Native Radio. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.